Welcome to another exciting episode of Practice What You Teach, a weekly teacher podcast. My name is Mr. Hare, and I am joined with my two co-hosts, Mr. Lumpkin. Yo. And Mr. Moreland. Hello. And you know what? We have another a guest here today. Is that Ms. Miles coming to join us on the podcast? Hello, everyone. It is the amazing, the articulate, and the accurate Ms. Miles, Esau teacher extraordinaire. We are glad you could join us today. I am so glad to be here. So today on our episode, we are going to be talking about catching up because we have not recorded since the beginning of the semester. Mm -hmm. We're going to check if anyone sent us anything on Twitter. We're going to do a quick recap of our last episode. We're going to talk about basketball season, which is in full swing. We're going to see if the anime club has got anything coming up, specifically if the game club is in a new room. And then following the weekly news stories, we're going to have our interview and our burning question of the week. So let's just jump right in. How are you fellas doing today? Mr. Lumpkin, how's your second and third week of the semester been going? Second and third? Oh, we just, today's the middle of the second, right? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I lost track Gosh, sometime last me week. Too. Uh, well, you know what? I'm doing great. It's It's been awesome to get a little bit of a, a refresh. I, I was, well, I guess we all probably were after SOLs. Been a little bit burned out, a little bit run down, especially with being an SOL teacher and especially with being one of the harder SOLs to get people to come through with. It's, it's tough. And I was feeling a little bit defeated, but we got back to this. Now we're starting the second semester. We've got a whole brand new of wide-eyed students coming in. And I miss dearly my students from first semester. But it's so nice to kind of have a whole fresh perspective, going through it again, making some of the corrections, the stuff that I went through last year. That's the one, well, last semester. That's the one thing I love about our semester schedule. Absolutely. We get to experiment with a lot of teachers. That's right. We don't always tell our students that they're guinea pigs, but you are. So we're always figuring out new and better ways of doing stuff. Don't tell the students. That being said, we went out for tacos, like we said we yes. would, which was very refreshing. We saw someone celebrating their birthday. Was, was that person on the podcast with us that day? Yes, it was my birthday. What tacos did you get that day? Oh, my goodness. I got, um, I think, the fish taco and the popular Cuban taco. I also had the Cuban taco. It was very good. Mr. Moreland, since we are in the second week of our semester, uh, how is it going? What's new with you? That's going pretty good. I had a bit of a rough first week because uh, I had to go to the doctor. I have a kidney stone. That's not so great. Not How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling better. Uh, it hasn't passed as far as I know. I mean, I've been trying to drink a lot of water and flush sure. it out. I had an x-ray yesterday. Um, probably going to go to the doctor in about a week or so here. See how it's progressing, but uh, for the most part, you know, it's not doing as bad as it was the first day I had it, so that's that's you know, way better. But uh, had to catch up with what I wanted to do with my classes, I'm still kind of catching up. But for the most part, the second semester is going pretty well. Um, we're trying some new methods in the class that are enabling us to actually have more one on one time with the students and focusing on writing first with 10th grade to get that out of the way because that's the big SOL essay that the right. And then for 12th grade, we're doing a whole study of Britain, Great Britain, the history of Britain and how the literature and history kind of connect. And early Britain was very confusing for me. I mean, even the students. So I had to kind of like stop and assess what, what we needed to look at and, you know, how Aethelwald and all those other guys from, you know, the. Is that spelled with times, multiple consonants in a row? It's spelled with a letter that isn't even used anymore. It's like a combination of an A and an E. And, you know, all the kings of early Britain who weren't really kings of much, but they were trying to become kings of the whole continent, which is why nobody was really working together. And, you know, just 
introducing the foundations of what's going to become, you know, Great Britain. And it's kind of funny because they're like, so when does Britain combine and, and like actually become unified? And I was like, probably not until like Henry the second. And even that point, I think Wales was still independent. So it's going to take a long time for Britain to become unified in our, you know, study, but it's very interesting how you see parallels between ancient Britain and the development that they had in our own country in terms of like who decides what's what, how much say the people have in the government. If the king really is, you know, the one who rules over them or if it's like a higher power that is, you know, number one. And that's kind of brought up multiple times. If anybody's familiar with like Beckett, you know, Thomas Beckett and things like that. So the whole aspect of natural rights versus rights given by government is kind of like a conversation that kind of pops up every once in a while. So, so we're not thinking William the Conqueror, maybe, or was Wales still free and independent at the time? Uh, I have to look that up, but I I do know. I mean, I was in the play A Lion in Winter, uh, which is about Henry II, and it's you know fiction, sure, but it does touch on a lot of uh, real historical aspects that. Henry was the first to unite England. The nation of. The the nation England. And then Great Britain, the island, obviously, will come later. was later. Makes sense to me. We'll have to keep an eye on that and the exciting, riveting podcast that you're listening to, Great Arthurian Legends. We'll have to talk about Artorias later on. Now, let's jump right into some news and some excellent stories. We do have basketball games aplenty. We have JV. We've got... Varsity, we've got boys, girls, everyone is playing this week. So be on the lookout for those games. The announcements will be following that. I did want to ask some questions about our clubs. Do we have any news about Anime Club? Any news particularly about Anime Club right now? I think everything's going pretty smoothly. Have we gotten a chance to get any other Ooh. Have we gotten a chance to get any other uh, financial things going on? Hold on. This is breaking news. We've got a member of the Anime Club with us. If you don't mind. Introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, my name is Alyssa. Speak up just a little, a little bit. bit more. Yeah. I'm Alyssa. Okay, and you're a member of the Anime Club? Yes. Have you guys decided anything new since the last time you met? Um, not really sure. I haven't seen Levita a lot lately, so I haven't... Last I knew, we were still trying to decide which con we were going to. Okay, so we're still looking at conventions? Yes. Awesome. So when you guys know a convention, you'll let Mr. Moreland and Mr. Lumpkin know. And then we'll go from there. Awesome. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be going to a convention at some point in the future. And I I wasn't here uh, because I had my X round Monday, but I believe you guys were watching. What what show, Mr. Hare? Uh, They were watching Dr. Stone. We did. We watched a little bit more Dr. Stone, which is a a fan favorite. And it seems to be very exciting. Alyssa, would you agree? Yes, I love it. See, I told you it was exciting, Mr. Mullen. I did hear that it rocked. It did. We're but splitting it up out between loud. that and cells at work, so it's just a science anime fest going on. It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside oh. when you see the platelets. We need to get back to basketball. That's what I guess. You know what? I agree. Your anti-basketball agenda has been being very clear for a long time, Mr. Lumpkin. Thank you, Alyssa. That was amazing. Now, Mr. Lumpkin did sing along to the Slam Dunk theme song. So it's because the an angelic singing voice of Mr. Lumpkin? Who wouldn't want to hear that? Mm. So, Game Club, I know you guys have been searching for a room. What room are we in now? So with now, I believe, all of us being on carts, 
funny. Yeah. Well, you're technically not. I'm technically on a cart, but I am moving around throughout the semester. Yeah. So of all of us moving classrooms, it's sometimes hard for us to find a home for a lot of our clubs. Last semester, we had Miss Westhaper be very kind to us and allow us to use her room. Since I'm no longer using Miss Westhaper's room, I have got a couple other options that we were going through. And I had a chance to sit down with Miss Bats, and she was so gracious, and we appreciate her so much that she's now letting us use her room on Wednesdays and Fridays for video and gaming club after school. Um, so now we've got a new room in 338. Awesome. 338. Thank you so much. Now, let's talk about some news, interesting news stories here. Mr. Lumpkin, I want to go directly to you. What news do you have and what do you bring us? Well, right now I'm bringing, I guess, somewhat of a sad story. Well, we know the Australian fires have been continuing going on. The it's been an absolute tragedy. It's yes. been a tragedy, yes. And they've been going on now for a month and a half, two months. It's been a minute. And there's been a bunch of different stories coming out showing support for koalas, showing support for a lot of the other endangered animals being put at risk and the habitat loss. But one that perhaps we haven't been thinking about quite as much and one that ends up being a favorite of mine is the noble platypus. And it's it's a shame because now we're we're very concerned about other animals like the platypus, to whether or not they can survive this habitat loss and other predation that has been going on towards them. Well, if you don't know, I suppose most people know more now than probably I did at my age about platypi. Platypuses are a very strange mammal that ends up having a duckbill and a beaver tail and end up being somewhat venomous, not poisonous. Uh, they're a sight. I'm going to stop you right there. Can you explain the difference? Poisonous, you eat it and you die. Venomous, it eats you and you die. Well, bites you. Isn't that how eating works? Yeah, fair. <laughs> they are the, one of the few mammals that are born by egg, if I'm They are correctly. indeed. They are indeed. So with all the different stuff going on in Australia right now, it's actually been quite a concern for many different biologists that platypuses might be in danger. Not endangered quite yet, but with the new change in habitat, with the fires going on currently and the predation that's been going on from wild, well, feral cats in the area due to urbanization and kind of like, well, um, not the best control on some of the animal situation out there, there's a serious risk at one of the most peculiar, but I still think one of the most interesting mammals out there. And it's one as a discussion that I haven't seen in another uh, part of what's going on with the Australian wildfires right now that I haven't heard people talking about. And honestly, I think it kind of lends itself to a further discussion about this habitat loss and one of the most biologically, I guess will be the right word there, unique right. places in the world, what this could mean for some of the biodiversity worldwide. That's very scary stuff. Hopefully they'll be able to get that situation under control. Mr. Morland, I know we talked about this new story a little bit before the recording, but give us the details of what your story is. Well, I had three stories I wanted to look at, but I picked one. I'll give the other stories real quick. One is the uh, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, one of their players too soon covered too soon mm -hmm. the adoption fees for 109 shelter animals at uh, one of the local shelters. So 109 animals got to go home for free. And the other story that I was looking at was a peanut allergy story, which I was trying to help Mr. Hare with. And I appreciate this, by the he way. He didn't seem too keen on that. Uh, they've approved a, a therapy for peanut allergies. So if you have peanut allergies, there's now a way for you to overcome that. And you can finally eat the best M&M, the peanut M&M. 
right? I think that uh, <laughs> recent advances in medical science are very, very enheartening to hear. And the one that I really wanted to talk about, though, because I'll tell you what, uh, a lot of the students are coming up to us talking about this, getting upset, getting scared, making jokes, because when you're scared, you make jokes yeah. about the corona virus. Oh, I thought we were going somewhere else with that. Okay. Uh, so I found this article from goodnewsnetwork.org, and it says antiviral drug combo cured woman of <clears throat> coronavirus just 48 hours after treatment. And it's Thailand. Physicians in Thailand have found a creative treatment for the coronavirus after they used a cocktail of antiviral medications to treat a woman with the illness this week. So there is some hope for people suffering from coronavirus and even people who maybe, you know, are at risk of contracting it. I like this story for two reasons. One, people doing something about a problem. They're not just sitting on their hands, getting mad, getting angry, waving up, you know, jumping up and down. They're doing something about it. And number two, it makes everybody in the world feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that somebody's doing something about this. It's Help not is just going to be like, you know, Resident Evil where it just takes over the world and you're just like going crazy. Timely video game reference indeed. Now, my video story, excuse me, my uh, news story is about coupled quantum dots may offer a new way to store quantum information. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I have been talking about quantum computers and I'm very excited about what they can do for video games. But I'm excited because the quantum dot is a, it's a small little bundle of electric charge and it has the ability to basically, when, it, when excited, emit a photon which can light up. So we use them in TVs, we actually use them in other types of technology, but a few enterprising scientists at the National Institute of Standards and it, or excuse me, the National Institute of Standards and Technology in Maryland have found a way to use two of them together to store information. Now this is going to go a long way because if we can build qubits out of more exciting materials, more advancements can be made toward making that quantum computer that we can all take home. And then of course, I can have the best gaming experience possible. So this is exciting stuff. Uh, we're getting ever so close, and I think we're we're not far from having an in-home quantum computer. I was just going to go ahead and put it out there. Yeah. We're not far away from it. How close? I'd say within the next five to ten years, we will have an in-home quantum computer. It'll be exorbitantly expensive, but it will be manufactured with enough that it can be in the home. It'll be a quantum leap. Absolutely. We'll be able to go from one body to the next. That's a old TV show that's soon to be rebooted, I'm sure, our, our young listeners. That, that, you know what? That's fair. And you know what? If yeah. anything should be remade, Quantum League should one. get remade. Mm -hmm. I'd be fine with that. So with that being said, I come to one of the most exciting parts of the episode, our interview with our special guest. Ms. Miles, we've had you sitting here, and we apologize. I've enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> We'd like to ask you a few questions. Is that okay? Yes. The first question I always ask, where did you grow up? I grew up in Northern Virginia in Reston, about 40 minutes away. So I'm a local. You know, Reston, I used to work for a company, uh, an insurance company, and we had all of our IT was based out of Reston. So in our minds, uh, this is from Hampton Roads, Reston was just this city up on the hill. We have very high uh, minded not notions about that. Is Reston this beautiful utopia that we always dreamed it was? I will say going back there recently, it is all built up. There's so many buildings. I'm like, it looks skyscraper-ish, you know? It's like a town, I'm a little city inside of a town, I think. Sure. I 
call it. Um, when I was growing up, though, it was very small. Um, Ruston Town Center was our only kind of like meeting place with the ice skating rink and our different, you know, city, our restaurants there. Um, now it's it's a lot bigger with the Metro. Um, sure. A lot of people love it. So and of course, I call that home. So I, I love the schools there and the area is very expensive, though. <laughs> the, the city you grew up in always seems more quaint than you than it than you remember it. Of course. I want to ask, where did you go to school? So I went to a small private high school. Um, it's actually no longer in business. It was part of our church. Um, and it was in Reston. Um, and then I went and got my bachelor's at a private Christian college in Florida, Pensacola, Florida. And I got my master's teaching online at Jones International University. So, Any extracurriculars in high school? Yes. Um, I was heavily involved in the student body. Um, I love to sing and compete in singing competitions. And I also love doing acting um, and dancing. So, so you were in the first generation of American Idol? Uh, first generation. So when I was 24, I auditioned actually for American Idol. You didn't think I knew about that, did you? You didn't. I didn't know that you knew. Um, how did yeah. it go? It went well um, when, when they came here to D.C., um, to, I think it was the, um, I can't remember what building it was, but yeah, it was well back in my twenties, but it was definitely an enjoyable experience. I, I actually watched the episode that's many moons ago and I thought, is that her? It may have been you. It may not have been you. <laughs> I they wish I had contested number. Oh, I wish I had gone that far. I will say when I was, um, when I auditioning, the one thing that stood out, I guess, to the producers, the one producer said, you have a really pretty voice, but you look and I have to say this, hopefully it's not offensive. You look like my prom date in prom. And I was like, wow, I'm, I was dressed in white, you know, had white stilettos and short hair. It, it was a great experience. And I, I recommend people doing that. But of course, I'm way too old to audition You're, again. I disagree with that completely. <laughs> but I do want to ask you this, pivoting. What inspired you to go into education? So my grandmother was an educator. Um, so watching her, she was an administrator. And I always would watch um, inspirational movies like To Serve With Love, Coach Carter, Dangerous Minds, movies like that, just seeing other educators and how they um, inspired kids to do their best. Um, and I was inspired to make a difference in the lives of students. Um, I also wanted to be a great mom, so I decided to quit my job, um, my first job in TV news, to become a teacher. I really wanted to have a job where I could be a great mom and also give back to the community. Um, so that's why I got into education. Excellent. Um, I also, I watched the movie Coach Carter in theater. Did you see it in theater? You know, I remember seeing it in VHS form, but I don't think I ever went to the theater to for, see it. For some of our older <laughs> listeners, for younger listeners, VHS would be what you would put in a VCR. It was a tape, a videotape. Um, I wanted to ask you this and I see your answer. So I wanted to I want to articulate the question a little bit better. What is the role of a school? So not your role in school, but what purpose does the school itself serve? Okay, so I know a lot of students wonder why do I have to go to school? What am I here for? We are to here obviously to educate you and to prepare you for your next step in the world. Um, whether that be, you know, working in fast food for some of us who want to do that, whether that be going to college, um, aspiring to be a doctor or a lawyer, we are, you know, your first steps in making those dreams come true. And that's why, you know, we all had to learn 
we all had to be taught as well. And school definitely has a huge role in everyone's life. Everyone can, you know, think back on that one teacher that inspired them um, to. And we're back. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, but your last question I asked you was the role of the school and you left off with being there to inspire our students. And I think that was a really good answer. It's a really thoughtful answer because we all, as educators, I know Mr. Lumpkin, you go out of your way to inspire the students. That's what I live for. Uh, uh, particularly uh, as the Apple computer says, the wild ones. <laughs> and I know Mr. Moreland is always out there inspiring all of our students with his great reading of books as a thespian himself. So it is very good that I think you're out there to inspire. Our final question is, what are three books that have influenced you that you would recommend to the student body? Well, I will say there are a lot of books that I could pull from. Um, a few that I would recommend to the students that I've read actually in classes that I've taught recently. The one is The Giver. Um, I've really enjoyed reading that book. Um, we recently read that in an ESOL class that I taught, Literacy Foundations. And it was just great to really see how a mind um, can be changed based on you know your environment. Um, House on Mango Street is also one that I would recommend. Um, it is in Vinettes, so they're very small chapters, but it kind of is a take on life in <clears throat> Chicago from a perspective of a Latino um, little girl and just the way that she thought about the world around her. Um, the Outsiders is one that I'm excited to be reading um, soon with um, some of my students in ESOL 3, and I would recommend that as well, and it's about... Um, just the way uh, students see the world um, through a gang perspective. So those are three that I would recommend uh, to the student body. Excellent. So thank you for interviewing with us. I apologize for springing the question about um, American Idol on you, but okay. I wanted to make sure our students know what talented educators we have at the school. Yes. And I will say, I meant I meant to mention that I also, uh, I love basketball too as well. So mm -hmm. um, I know you've mentioned yes. that you were either a part of the team or you played, I played in high I played in high school. I did. I was a, at our school, I was a cheerleader and a basketball player. So we cheered for the boys and I played on my own team. So I know there's some girls out there that do the same. Yes. Yeah. So I love basketball. And I, I actually was recently at a game and it was great to see um, the students play. And my son was like, mommy, I want to play on that team when I get older. So That's amazing. you guys are doing a I great job. I want to ask you this um, about the, uh, the American Idol. Yes. If a student looked hard enough, and I won't confirm whether I looked hard enough or not, but if a student <clears throat> looked hard enough to find pictures of you on the American Idol, would they be able to? I don't think so. I okay. mean, I don't. I did never got that far because you have to go through the producers. To get on the, the, yes. the other ones. But right? I do know someone who auditioned on The Voice and actually was on The Voice. And he's he's actually a friend and Instagram friend of mine. So, so there's no video or picture evidence of you participating. No, okay. I, I would say not. But I would, I mean... That would be so cool if you saw that. I, don't I did think not. That was I me. just I knew you participated, but <laughs> yes, I, I, I couldn't did. find I just, pictures. We, no, being no, no. an audio format, I figured no. I'd ask first if you if you had pictures so we could share that with our students. Later yes. No. So excellent. Thank you for interviewing with us. And I'm kind of my two co-hosts are sitting here bored as can be, and I apologize. I did want to ask you fellas this though. Is there a correct way to get your point across? This is our burning question for the week. Mr. Moreland, you and I have had many a dis discussion and debate over the course of our three years working together. I love our debates. I wouldn't, I would trade them for nothing in this world. 
Is there a correct way to get your point across? I would say no. Okay. Because each situation is different. And I think that each situation calls for a different way to get your point across. Okay. So in a civilized society, in a peaceful time, in a respectful situation, then you should be, you know, cordial and kind and, you know, use logic and use evidence to back up your point. But if you're in a battle situation, like if you're in the military and you're in a battle and you say you need to go this way and the guy's like, well, can we debate it? That's not, you know, you're, you're just going to like tell the guy, no, you either get going or, you know, we're going to leave you behind. Right. There's no absolutely getting your point across using the same methods as you would use in peace times. And so I don't think there's any correct method to do so. I think that you could be more or less effective depending on the way that you decide to do it. But I think people use whatever methods they use and then they either get frustrated because their point was not taken and it's because of the method they use and they can either adjust and try again or they just dismiss people and say, oh, well, they just weren't listening to me because, you know, whatever. Right. And I'm not saying this from a perspective of like, you know, being perfect. I've done the same thing. I've tried to make my point and my point didn't come across the way I wanted it to. And I got frustrated. And sometimes, you know, we're human. We do that and we don't convince anybody. In fact, we ended up looking pretty stupid. So there's not a correct way to do it. But I think that differing methods work more effectively depending on the situation. Absolutely. I think that's a wise way to look at it. I think you never know what situation you're going to be in and being prepared for as many situations as possible is a good advice. Mr. Lumpkin, I know you've come down on this debate a couple of different ways. Is there a correct way to get your point across? I'm going to have to agree with Mr. Mullen, but I'm going to come in at it a different way. Okay. So I'm going to say that no, there's not a correct way to get the uh, a point across. And I'm going to come at it more so from my own personal experience because while he's correct, there's definitely, it depends on the circumstance. I find that even more so than the circumstance, it depends on the person. Absolutely. Uh, many different people appreciate being approached or being, you know, being approached and being discussed with in very different ways. Um, and I can vouch for that a hundred times over from being a teacher from the last three years. Dealing with one student to the next can be very, very different in the way that I might want to or might be able to get a point across to one student can be very different from one to the other. And it can be very different in my professional life. too. Are you saying that each student is an individual? No, I would never say that. Oh, OK. That would have been groundbreaking <laughs> if that was what you were saying. We yes. almost got we almost got controversial on the podcast, folks. Yes, every student is an individual, of course, and they're all coming from very different backgrounds. Absolutely, and the way that they want to be treated as individuals is, of course, different. a plethora. Absolutely, of course, everyone wants to be treated with respect and everything. But what that respect looks like, what that relationship looks like, especially with someone who is in this weird authority situation as a teacher, or even if you're going beyond their situation as a parent. Oh man, you're absolutely right. Very, very different. Like I've had a lot of success, and just from myself, the way that I feel like organically can get a point across to a student or to anybody. It's trying to be as genuine as possible. Yep. Backing out of my perspective of being someone who's being paid to sit in front of a bunch of students. And wow, that's a weird thing to say out loud. That's a weird way to describe what we do <laughs> as opposed to being the inspirational leaders of the future generation of leaders for America. I just now That's beautiful and everything. Oh, okay, but if I'm fine. going to be genuine in front of students, I'm an adult 
who's being paid to try and educate them and then try to give them a model to look up to. Specifically about earth science. And specifically about earth science, but also just the person in life, right? Absolutely. And I, I have to recognize what that position entitles me of being as an educator and being in front of and responsible for 70, 80 students a semester, 100 plus students a year. Yep. And I have to recognize that they are not stupid. They see that I'm a, a, a authority figure in their life, one that they may choose to or may choose not to look up to based on who I am and who I'm again, Absolutely. an individual paid to be part of their life, right? And the best I can do for getting my point across is to try and respect that. Being like, I'm here too. This is what we need to get through together and being kind of coming at stuff from like a, uh, a group mentality as Absolutely. opposed to a leadership mentality. But again, there's plenty of people who are not receptive to that. There's plenty of people who think that me showing weakness and wanting to be a group, wanting to be with them, being beside them, it makes me a weak person or it makes me a weak leader. And then that might not be the way that they want to be approached. Oh, they, they might want to point super give them to that. And then people will if, challenge you. If you would have been in the room with us, you would have seen an, a, a perfect example of what you just said. A book may have been dropped from a high height. We will never know. <laughs> now, that being said, Miss Miles, I really want to get your perspective on this. What do you think? Is there a correct way to get your point across? I think they have come up with some valid you know, reasons why they think it's no. But I would say that there is a correct way to communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, you definitely want to hear the person's uh, voice as well as yours. You should also listen before, like, coming up with your reason. Listening is a good thing. Um, so I guess there's some guidelines more so than the correct way. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Nope, you got to go with the way the question is phrased. Sorry. <laughs> so I would say no, but there are guidelines you use in every situation that you communicate your point. So using those guidelines, they can be altered based on the person you're speaking with. Um, they can kind of be tweaked. Sure. So if I'm talking to a child, I'm going to speak differently than if I'm talking to an adult. If I'm talking to a teenager, I'm going to speak differently. So so that... Are you sure? I'm very <laughs> sure. So I'm very sure. And, and we are back. We are having more technical issues. The recording keeps cutting off with that. What seems to be intermittent times... So we're going to actually go ahead and finish up our podcast here. I'd like to say Ms. Miles had a really good point. And again, I want to thank my two co-hosts. They also had great points in their defense of no. But I, I come down on a different side on this question. I do believe there is a correct way to get your point across. I think that the first part of understanding that the correct way is to know that if you have a point is to begin to display that point. Mm -hmm. When you don't say what you have to say, that's the absolute wrong way. Mm -hmm. If you have something you want to say and you hold that in or you withhold that from people, or if you, I would rather just, you know, I'll go along to get along. I think that is the absolute wrong way. And I think that you must be mindful of, yeah, I've got to say something. Now we can all sit here and debate manners and such. I believe in the conflict of ideas as my co-hosts will tell you. And I believe that if you think you have an idea that is worthy of mentioning, then you should make sure you get that idea at a minimum in front of the people who have other ideas and then let those ideas sharpen one another. Um, I, I don't think that the question asks, what is the right way to get to the right answer? I think it is just the right way to get your point across. If all you're doing is making your point, then there is a right way. I'm, I'm saying my piece and carrying on. Um, 
So that's where I come down on this. I think that you absolutely can come to the right way. There's also a wrong way. Oh, you definitely, if you definitely don't want to go that route, if you don't want to go that route, but I do believe there is a right way and that there is a correct way to say, yeah, here's my point and I'm getting it across. That's my thoughts on that. That being said, Mr. Moreland, mm-hmm. over on Twitter, we're asking people to reach out to us because the polls are being a little difficult to manage. Yes. So what are we reaching out for this week? Well, I'm just going to ask the students. And this is part of the tweet that we're tweeting. We always tweet every week that we have a new episode dropping. So this week I'm combining the two questions together. So I'm not really the question because the first one's just announcing that our episode's here. So this new uh, tweet I'm putting out says, hey, at MPHSVA Cougars, that's Manassas Park, and hashtag Manassas Park HS. That is a new hashtag. Created recently. Yes. Very recently. For Manassas Mr. Jimmy Costas. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully with that new hashtag, we'll at least get some more people to see what we're doing. That's right, because it was owned It was owned by uh, a guy who painted helmets. Oh, no, it wasn't owned by him. He just actually used it. We you, just used you it. You can't yeah. own a hashtag? No. no. You know what? If you can't own a hashtag, clearly we need to think clearly about changing you the know, system we've got. I still miss the time when those were called the pound sign. Oh, I still yes. call them pound and then whatever. Or number. Now, right. you know, or just that weird butt or dial tone you get when you push it. When I see hashtag, it makes me want a hash brown. I would but anyway, love a hash McDonald's brown. hash. Anyway, so we're old. That's what we're getting out of this. So go to early breakfast and early dinner. Uh, it says, hey, at MPHSVA Cougars and hashtag Manassas Park High School. Episode 17 of Practice What You Teach is set to go live. Our guest today is Miss Miles, as you guys already know. We Check also it. counted her in the tweet. Yes. Check out our discussion and let us know who you want us to interview next. So we usually pick somebody. We have somebody, you know, that we have in mind. We have someone lined up, actually, yes, next week. Yes, but we can always do the person that they suggest the episode after. All right, we I would love to do see that. who they want us to interview. Maybe it'll be a teacher we don't know. Maybe yeah, it'll be a teacher true. we've already What met. if they say to interview each other? What are we going to do then? <laughs> well, then we'll do it. I mean, come on. we got to make our audience happy. We only have like 10 people. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we need those numbers to go up, guys. <laughs> I think the numbers are fine as they are. Whoever's out there listening, we love you. And don't forget that. I think that, that new that hashtag is, will help. That is what Mr. <laughs> the opinions uh, expressed by Mr. Hare may not reflect those. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be true. <laughs> All right. So uh, let us know if you have an idea for who you want us to interview. Maybe. We will go out of our way to try to get anyone recommended. Yes. Maybe it's somebody that, you know, doesn't usually get the spotlight. And we can help Ooh. bring them to the attention of the 10 people that are listening. So Maybe we can get it up to 11 now. Yes. <laughs> well, Miss Miles. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Do you have any social media, a Twitter handle, or anything you want to shout out to the rest of the student body? Um, I think it's going to be included on there. Dana Marie Mile. Okay. One, mm-hmm. I think it says. So, I really appreciate you inviting me and interviewing me. I really enjoyed being we, here. We were glad to have you. Yes, lots of great discussion, and it was a pleasure. Yes, ma'am. So, second question, Mr. Lumpkin, you got anything for our, our listening audience? For today? Oof. Yes. No, nothing As opposed prepared. to any other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I'm just happy that people are listening. I'm happy that we're still here, and I'm happy that we're still doing this. Because you, we asked us, all of us, me and Mr. Moreland to do this, what, 
going a, like a year ago, ago now. February of last year. February yeah. of last year, and it, it's getting up to that, and we've been going strong since August, and I'm just impressed. I'm I'm really happy because when you mentioned the Manassas Park High School, it's very recent that we actually started doing this. It was last month. Has it been working? It's When we looked at the hashtag last week, I guess technically it's been a week and a day now, there was the one post that was done by the helmet group, right? Yep, there was an auto body shot that painted some helmets, yes. <laughs> Looking through now, I, I don't have a number, although I wish one would pop up. It, a bunch of teachers have been gr grabbing onto it, and I'm hoping that it's going to keep growing. I think if I'm going to flex a little bit, I might have been one of the first people to post on the actual hashtag other than that. And then Moreland was right behind you, apparently. Yes, he was. And I'm, I'm very excited to see that we're, we're reaching out and getting the attention of more students. That is excellent. Mr. Moreland, any final thoughts? Drink a lot of water. That's yeah. great advice. Stay hydrated out there. Watch your salt intake. Also great advice. <laughs> and uh, make sure that if something's bothering you, that for health related, that you actually, you know, go to the doctor if you're able. And if you're not, then there's always other options you can do. I mean, I would hope that everybody would be able to at least go to patient first. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the whole kidney stone episode is, is really put things. In this is not titled the kidney stone episode. I want to be very clear about yes. that. We are sensitive to Mr. Moreland. Uh, so it could be though. Um, I've been drinking a lot more water than I used to. I, I was notorious, uh, for not drinking a lot of water. Like I would drink soda, I would drink coffee, I would drink, you know, everything but water. Uh, my little sister would drink everything. She would only drink water. She would not drink anything else. So, uh, make sure you guys make good choices because you may think, oh, that's no big deal when you're young, but when you're my age and most of you will get to be that age. I mean, I hope everybody will, but you know. When you get to be my age, you're going to have to pay the piper, you know? So did your sister get kidney stones? No, she oh, did sounds not. Sounds like we should That's just what do what saying. she did. So she, did, she drank nothing but water the whole time she's been alive. Try to get a drink soda. She's like, nope, I don't like it. So if you don't drink a hero water, you're going to have some problems later down the line. And if you don't do other things that, that are healthy for you, absolutely, you might have problems later down the line. So take care of your health because, you know, if you take care of your body, your body will take care of you. Sage advice from a very wise man. I've got nothing. I just want everyone to enjoy the rest of the semester. I know it's week two. Make sure you get involved with your school. And uh, because it's Black History Month, I'd like everyone to make sure you get out there and learn something today. There's going to be a lot of content going around the school. and There's going to be stuff all over the place. This year, the theme is African-Americans and the vote. So for those of you who don't know, the Virginia primary, the general primary, is going to be on March 3rd. So with that being said, thank you for listening. We're glad to have you. Make sure you check out our Twitter page, which is at PWUT podcast or be what at P what podcast. And we will be back in a few days, actually, with our new guest. We're going to try to record on Thursday with her. You'll find out who it is then. So thank you for listening. Good night and good luck.